What's up guys, Alex Contreras on the mic alongside Anthony Red Garcia. Welcome back to another episode of Marlins Barbecue. Red, Welcome how's your weekend this. going? Good, can't complain. We got some good weather finally, and you? It's great, and it's even better today that we got some Major League Baseball, and we got some Miami Marlins Baseball, baby. Woo! It's about damn time, bro. It's about damn time. It's been right, forever, guys. bro. Yeah, last we spoke, um, you know, things were a little different. We were projecting some guys making the team. You know, everybody was coming out with their own lineups. So for this episode, we decided we're going to do our weekend recap. We're going to talk about today's games. We're going to do our projected opening day lineups. And we're going to have a great time doing it as always. All right, guys, so without further ado, let's jump right into that weekend recap. The first news that broke this weekend was Yams uh, Yamamoto getting sent down. He's not going to be on the opening day roster. Is that news to you, Alex, or is that just, you know, were you expecting it? And with wow. that, who do you think is his replacement as the number, or who, not replacement because he didn't get it, but who do you think is the number five starter? For sure, the number five starter has to be Elizar Hernandez. If it's anybody else, I'm going to be, like, dumbfounded. You know, um, Elizar Hernandez, it was a flip of the coin between him and Yams. Yams is a great guy. Um, but there's a lot of depth on, on, on this Marlins pitching. And, uh, man, I, I, it is what it is, you know. The Marlins are going to have to make some tough calls, and the same goes for Monte Harrison. So, you know, right, we, we want to see these guys. Yeah, we want to see these guys here, but at the same time, you know, we just got to – it is what it is. We got to make some tough calls, and that's what the, – the cards we were dealt. Yeah, and every call in the – every time a roster decision comes on, it's one of these prospects. It's one of these guys that we like to see. It's, we're, there's always going to be that, especially on Twitter, on social media, that 50-50 split of people that want it, people that don't. But I think the one that has no split is Monte. Um, everyone thought he was going to be the starting, you know, somewhere outfielder. You know, everybody was ready for him. All the videos, all the hype videos the Marlins were doing for him. You know, everybody thought he was going to make the team. What are your thoughts on him not making the initial roster? And do you yeah. think it's the Marlins trying to manipulate service time? Or do you think they just want him to see, you know, they don't want him to see Aaron Nola Friday. They'd rather him see somebody else. I don't know. Tell me. Man, I, I think we, we touched base on this last week. And, you know, as much as I'm on the Monte hype, and we've been told you guys about the Monte hype, and there's reason to be hyped. It's just, it's not, it's not, there's no reason to rush him right now. You know, like we got so much depth in the outfield, the same situation that happened at Yamamoto is happening to Monte. The thing is that Magnarius Sierra is down to his last minor league option. And then the Marlins are put into a tough situation. You know what I mean? Why call up Monte right now, put him on service time and get the clock running when you're risking getting rid Sierra, you, you you can't risk just getting rid of Sierra for nothing. You'd have to put him on waivers, and that's not a luxury that we're willing to do. If we we're willing to trade him for somebody, great, but we can't just give ourselves the luxury to give a guy away for free, especially a guy with the speed of Sierra, his potential. I mean, the guy is young. He's what his early 20s. I think he's 23, 24. Right, Alex, but I think the argument there would be, and I'm just being devil's advocate here, is are we really not keeping Monty? Are we keeping Monty down for Sierra? Yeah, speed's great, but he, I mean, he hit a little bit last year, guys, at the end. But is it really worth it? I mean, I wouldn't even mind seeing Harold be, you know, DFA'd. I get it. He's a fan favorite. But I think it's time to get these guys up there. 
So first person that struggles, he's coming up. Just relax, guys. I know everybody wanted him, but it's only six games. Yeah, and the the way the roster is built, man, like they they got guys that can play multiple positions. Uh, Jonathan Villar is a guy that plays center field. He can play multiple positions in the infield. The same thing can be said for uh, John Birdie. So they got guys that they can plug in different positions on different days. And on the meantime, Monte's time will come. Just have patience. Patience is the key to everything. Right. Next little, this is a little smaller, but uh, Pat Vendetti was released completely off the 60-man, which opens up another spot. Um, surprising for me in the sense that he was a veteran that I expected to make the team. Um, well, are you surprised he's completely off the roster just like that? Uh, I feel a little bit indifferent about the, the call. Yeah. You know, like we talked about, yeah, it was a tough call to make, but this was a, a veteran that was low cost, high ceiling. And at the end of the day, you got to protect some of your prospects, you know? Uh, and that's ultimately what happened with Ryan Cook. They let him go to sign the, a recently drafted kid, so the Marlins are going to have to make tough decisions, especially this year when it's limited to 60 players on the pool, you know what I mean? So, Right, but with our bullpen the way it is, I mean, I know a lot of people are a little higher than I am on the bullpen, but uh, the only thing I could think of with this move is that they told him he wasn't going to make the initial roster. Um, they also probably said they have to be looking at somebody that we're not looking at, um, a younger guy here, maybe a, maybe a Jordan Holloway. You know, I believe there was reports that came out that said that he – has had, he's looked the best out of the bullpen so far, correct? That was him, right? Yeah, Jordan's looked great. I mean, he's got so, great stuff. He's got he's advanced a lot. He's he might be ready for that jump. Who knows? Right. You know? yeah, I mean, he hasn't pitched above uh, double A, I don't think, but um, or low A. Uh, I'm not sure on that one, guys. But basically, there has to be someone else because if he was if if uh, Vendetti was expected to have a roster spot, you know, expected to be a reliever in that bullpen, and now he's gone. Um. There has to be – they're looking at somebody else. Also, with that new opening in that 60-man, um, who knows? Who knows what we're going to bring on? Finally, our last weekend recap here, uh, Brandon Nino of the Mets decided he wanted to run his mouth and make an attendance joke about Miami. Uh, no knock against Miami, but it kind of just felt like playing in Miami. Um, so, you know, we uh, – we just, we just didn't have that many fans in the stadium, and we had the cardboard feel. And Alex, talk to me about it. What do you think about it? Oh, man, I'm so tired of these, like, Mets players, like, Mets fans in general. Like, what's up with them, dude? Do you know, like, what – Brad, do you know what, what, what the Mets, like do – they, do you know what they stand for? What the, what the Mets are short for? No, what? It's a uh, – come on, man. You got to follow along with the joke here. You're supposed to say it's Metropolitans. Let's try it again. Here we go. Oh, yeah, the Metropolitans, of course. Yeah, all right. I thought, was, hey, I thought you were going to tell me some acronym that I've never heard of. Nah, nah, nah. Here we go. Here we go. He's like, hey, Red, do you know what the Mets team name is short for? The Metropolitans? Nah, man. It's for my entire team sucks. And boy, what a fitting name for a team that stays losing, man. Tremenda brujería tiene ese equipo, mi hermano. They have injuries already. You know, the Grom warming up gets hurt. You know. Team, like yeah. I mean, their their rotation. If you look at it, they literally have like a one through five. Like the Grom's like their number one guy. Showman is like a, considered a number two guy. Porcello's a number three guy. Math is a four, and Walker's a five. Talk about taking a big hit. Cinder uh, Garnoa went down. They lost him to Tommy John. So it's like, I'm telling you, these Mets, bro. Even when when we're not playing, they stay losing. The Mets are always gonna met. That's why I'm not worried about them. Yeah, and that's a lot of talk for a team that hasn't won anything in a long time, you know. Um, their last World Series was 1986. 
So if they want to, I mean, we've won two since then, you know, so I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't care about your attendance right now. This, this isn't, a, this is not the year to bring up attendance. Nobody cares. Right, obviously there's no fans at the game. Just hey, freak. I mean, will they be laughing if the Marlins end up with a better record this year? Cause I think so. Even, even when he plays at Marlins park, shout out to fish Rats for the great job on that short little edit that they did. Nimbo always strikes out. He does. He doesn't perform well. So imagine, like he, oh, he can't perform in front of crowds. He can't perform without crowds, bro. You, if you can't perform, you're not gonna be in the big leagues for a long time, bro. So you better quit running your mouth, man. You just gotta stay focused on the game, man. Focus on the game. In your lane and uh, go talk to your physical trainers over there about keeping your team healthy. Without further ado, the main story: baseball is back tonight. The Marlins and Braves. We've made it, everybody. We have a game today. Um, was it reported that it's going to be on TV? Because I think I saw something like that, that they're finally going to show the game. Fox Sports Florida. Coming with the clutch. They heard you guys complaining on Twitter. I think everybody was tagging them saying that the game wasn't going to be on TV. Um, we made it, everybody. Congratulations. And let's uh, let's look into these games here. Um, Urena gets the ball today for the Marlins which perfectly lines him up to be the number three starter on Sunday. What are you looking for today? What do you want to see? Um, I know it's only two games. It's going to be, you know, there's not really much we can look for. There's no really, I don't think there's really any position battles left. What do you want to see today out of Urena? And, I mean, I, I, give me your thoughts on baseball being back. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. Hey. I'm about to lose my mind. Yo, it's about to be crazy, man. It's going to be Urania and Acuna. Oh, man, we're finally going to get to see that rematch. People are gonna... New rules say they can't fight. <laughs> yeah, they say they can't fight. No, I don't think they're going to. Man, that, that was no bad intentions from Urania. Whenever that happened, everybody talked smack that Urania did it on purpose. I don't think they got it. Looked a little intentional. It looked a little bit. I know, I know, Cunha was on a hot streak, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't. Th the, yo, it is what it is. Long yeah, story short, it, man. Urania, after that incident with Acuna, after he hit him, bro, he turned up. He went on a monster run. I think he went like five and one with an ERA under two. So he really turned it up, and I love the intensity that he's gonna get right off the rip facing Acuna and the Braves, along to uh, uh, another player who decided to opt out for the Atlanta Braves, uh, Mr. Markakis. Nick Markakis opted out for the Braves, and that's what ultimately led to them signing a Yasiel Puig. What do you think about that signing? Uh, I think they ended up having to go back on it. Yasiel Puig is not with them right now. Um, will it happen in the future? Maybe, but I don't think uh, he's not with the team anytime soon. So, and Freddie's actually back with the team training. He just, I just don't think he's ready for game action yet though. Who did they got at uh, first base? Um, I didn't even know he was still with them, but when my doing my little research here for the show, I think they're going to have Duval. Okay. Okay, cool. So, It'd be interesting. Uh, yeah. Like I, I was just thinking about like the domino pieces. If they do eventually end up sealing the deal with Puig, It'd be interesting. Maybe they they consider moving uh in Ozuna to first base occasionally. You know what I mean? Now with the DH spot, who knows? Right, and they and them like the Marlins. I'm not comparing the rosters, guys. I'm just saying that they have that interesting situation where they have two or three guys that could play first. Ozuna, I believe, did play some first when he was in Miami, not in a game, maybe, but I think he was practicing there, if I recall correctly. Um, 
So, or no, that was what he was going to say, Lewis. There was reports that he was practicing first base. But besides that, the it's interesting that they have the same dynamic where they have like two or three guys that could all DH or play first. I think Freddie, I think they would they wouldn't hesitate to give him some DHing games. I mean, why not? Why not give him a break? That guy has carried that franchise way before Okuno, way before you know um, Albie's, way before Swanson showed up. So give that guy a game or two off, and I have no issues with that. Um, again, what I want to see today though is I just want to see how the bullpen is going to line up. You know, the guys we see today pitching are most likely, I'd think, would be the ones coming out of the bullpen Friday. Um, I wonder if by some point in the game, by like the sixth, seventh inning, you know, the main guys are gone and it's just going to be, you know, guys that we know aren't going to be on opening day. Um, I For would sure. Like, you got to try to, you got to take care of your, your guys. You can't risk right, but getting I would like PA injured. Three, four at bats. So these guys got to come out swinging. You know, I don't want it to be the sixth inning and Brian Anderson sitting on the pine already with only two at bats, you know? So. Yeah. Um, let's get these guys at bats. Let's, I want to see, you know, a lot, you know, I want to see what we saw in spring training, basically stealing, um, keep that same energy. Cause if you recall, we were leading, I believe we were leading MLB in steals in spring training, at least attempts. So let's run, let's run, let's run. We got, who do we got here? We got, uh, Villar, Birdie, um, Sierra. We got the speed. Let's use it. That's what I want to see today. I want to see that same energy from spring training. The Braves got an interesting lineup, um, for sure. They got some interesting names at the top of the order. I think like one through six, they're pretty solid. Um, but what you got to like about Atlanta um, is their pitching, for sure. They're starting pitching. They got Mike Soroka, Max Fried, uh, the starting pitcher for today. Uh, Mike, I'm going to butcher his last name, Fulton. Fulton what is it? Fulton, Fulton, Fulton Wicks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Newcomb. And Kyle Wright and Cole Hamels. So um, they they recently let go of Felix Hernandez as well. So I, I really like I like their pitching. It's slightly ahead on the curve of the Marlins pitching. You know that I feel like the Braves got maybe like a if you had to grade them maybe like a B minus B minus rotation. If you had to grade them on a on a on a grade scale, I think the Marlins are right around like a C plus B on the cusp of a B, yeah. you know what I mean? These guys, at least the Braves, have a, a solid number one in Mike Soroka. I love Sandy Alcantara. And I know he's our opening day starter. Uh, I feel that uh, he's ready to evolve to be that number one guy that everybody knows that he, be- he can become and he wants to become, and we're hoping that he becomes. But off the rip, I just look at uh, considering Alcantara, I was like, he, he, he could be a solid number two for any other team. You know what I mean? So. You line you line up our guys against the the Braves. I like how we're going. You know, it's going to be like Soroka against Alcantara. You know, Alcantara is going to give him a run for his man, uh, money. Caleb Smith versus a uh, Max Fry. That's going to be a good pitching matchup. You got the uh, Reina. What's going on today? Uh, a newcomb versus a Pablo Lopez. Eliezer Hernandez can definitely take on a, a Kyle Wright or a Cole Hamels. You know, um, so I, I really I really feel like the Marlins can go punch punch for punch with pretty much anybody in the NL East. Uh, the, the the strongest pitching in the NL East, veteran-wise, has to be the Washington Nationals. They yeah, that's the only Scherzer, thing. Strasburg, Sanchez, Corbin. Corbin. So those yeah. are the, the that's that's the most established that's the most established rotation. I believe that's the best rotation in the National League East. However, I don't feel like the Washington Nationals have enough firepower. They don't have enough offense. That Anthony Rendon lost 
free agency signing to the to the LA Angels is going to come back and hurt him. No disrespect to Sterling Castro. I miss Sterling Castro, but I just I don't feel like Sterling's that guy is going to give you 30 home runs. And if he does, holy cow, you know, <laughs> congrats for all Starlin. You know, you wish him a great season. I just I see some question marks for the for the Nats. They're they're a few pieces away offensively for me to see them repeat. Yeah, I mean the. What I like about the Marlins is that our starting rotation opening day is not going to be the rotation we see in a month or in two months um, by the end of the season. We're going to see these young guys come up. I don't see how you hold them down anymore. You know, Sixto, Edward Cabrera, Nider, um, even give Duggar the ball. So these young guys are here. Even Yams has to come back up eventually. So I just named five guys that already that he, uh, could have made the opening day rotation. You know, we wouldn't even have thought twice. So the rotation we have now is not what we're going to see the whole season, and I love that. That is what gets Marlin fans excited about the future. That is what gets you guys to listen to shows like this. You know, there's hope for the first time since, like, 2009, guys. And most and, of you don't even remember that season. And you know what's the best part about it, bro? Like, we, look at this roster that we have right now. Who's the guy that has us financially strapped? Nobody. Nobody, Nobody bro. We finally got rid of Wei Yang Chen. We are finally done. Like, there's no sign of Loria. Like, the only guy really there that are left from that old regime, from the old, uh, the, the orange Marlins, if, that, if that's what you want to call them, um, Miguel Rojas and Jose Ureña. Those are the only guys, really. Uh, Brian Anderson came in towards like the the late end in that transition, but but and Miggy Conley, Rowe and Conley, yeah, Conley's a guy. He's an interesting piece. He dude. It, <laughs> that guy has been here, and he's just he's underperformed. He almost threw that no hitter that one year. He got pulled in the eighth. Um, he's uh, what is what does Levitard call him? He's a stat accumulator. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, man, I love I love Adam, man. Yeah, he's. I hope, man, I hope he he comes back. I love that lefty, that long, you know, open stance when he pitches. Um, guys, before we jump in, the another quick story that we forgot to touch on here is over the weekend. Um, Anderson and Afaro both came out that said they want to play in Miami for the rest of their careers. They want to have the long contract here. Obviously, guys are going to say that while they're here, but that's what other teams experience we've never experienced that before for the most part especially recently you know when you asked Yelich, when you asked real muto in the past hey do you guys want to sign long term the answer was always oh we'll see you know it's a decision and now we'll talk about it at the end said, of the hey, we want to be here. yeah we want to be here we want to be exactly real muto's answer we'll talk about it at the end of the season i don't want to talk about it in season um these guys want to be here and that's a huge turnaround i know Yelich signed that seven-year contract at one point but that's when the Marlins were projected to be good. Um, but once stuff got rough, they they left quicker than, you know, they demanded trades. These guys, the guys we have now, want to play here. And if that doesn't get you to the ballpark enough, well, not ballpark this year, but you know what I mean. If that doesn't get you to turn on the TV this year, you know, there's you're, there's no hope for you as a fan, in my opinion. If the guys that want to play here play, they're going to start winning soon. We have the prospects. We have the money if we need to go make that big splash signing. If that doesn't get you to start watching, there's there's nothing else. They renovated the stadium, they changed the uniforms. They, there's nothing else, guys. This is we're here, and the guys are here. 
uh, we said last week that there really isn't any, there's no more building. You know, the pieces are here. Yeah, we might see a trade one for one, you know, get a future prospect, something like that. But we're not, it's no, no more teardowns. We're here. Yeah, people have that, no idea what it feels to, to to really like have those players there, man. Brian Anderson oh, saying yeah, yeah. that, and Jorge Alfaro saying that too. Like people take these guys for granted. Like for players to really come out and say, "Yo, man, I want to stay here and I want to be a Marlin for life." Like, bro, that's beautiful. Like, when's the what? It's time for us to have a Marlin lifer. Like Marlin's history has never had a Marlin lifer. The closest thing we have is Jeff Conan, and he left and came back. You know what I'm saying? I think fans love when they see guys leave and then they come back. I think they love that. But I think what the Miami Marlins fans, the Florida Marlins fans want and need in this organization is a guy that's going to be there and it's going to be a stamp. You know what I mean? Like Chipper Jones. You think about Chipper Jones, you think about the Atlanta Braves. You know, like I want people to think about. Jorge Alfaro and the Miami Marlins. I want people to think about Brian Anderson, the Miami Marlins, bro. Like Brian Anderson is, is, is proven the past two seasons. He's a, a steady offensive threat. You know, his numbers are on the rise. He's great defensively wherever you put him in the outfield or at the hot corner. He's a guy that came up as a second baseman as well. Jorge Alfaro was a great trade. People don't talk about that enough. Yeah, he doesn't have the he doesn't bat for average like a JT Realmuto, you know. But he's got pop, bro, and he's got the second strongest arm in all of Major League Baseball. The guys aren't really running on him, bro. And when he fi finally gets it all together and he gets everything clicking, watch out, man. The Marlins are gonna be freaking scary. Those are two potential perennial all stars. And with that, guys, let's look ahead to the weekend here. Um, the the starting pitches I'm gonna throw out there is just what I'm projecting. Um. On the Nash on the Philly side, I'm sorry. Then the Marlins side is pretty much confirmed because you could pretty much guess with you know who's pitching when in the sim games. So Friday, the Marlins head to Philadelphia and face the Phillies. Sandy versus Aaron Nola, game one. That's pretty much a lock. The Marlins already announced it. I'm not sure if the Phillies did, but that's who we're gonna face. Saturday, Caleb versus Wheeler. Sunday, Urena versus Arietta. Which is your favorite matchup there? And how many games do you think we're gonna pull out of this one? Man, I love – I think the Marlins can, can sneak and definitely pull two. You know, I love Sandy and Caleb going one-two. Um, you know, the, the Phillies have a rotation that's, in my eyes, probably the weakest in our division. Um, they have Aaron Nola, who's probably considered a, a solid number three guy on any other rotation. Zach Wheeler, the same thing for him. Jake Arrieta. Vince Velasquez, Zach Eflin, those are all number three guys on any other team, all right? The, 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 they're, they're nice, yeah, those guys can go out there and get you a win any given Sunday, but I like the odds with our Marlins. Nola, Wheeler, Arietta, give me, give me Sandy, give me Caleb, and you know what I'm saying, give me Jose Ureña, and watch out if the Marlins come out there with some brooms to start off the season. Man, if that happens, Marlins Twitter is gonna go nuts. Hey, um, people forget that, that the Marlins had uh, the the best record in Marlins spring training 1.0 this year. It were 12 wins into the season. Yeah, so, don't forget that the Marlins also pretty much owned the Nationals last year. Um, and with that, once the weekend's done, we come home to play uh, Baltimore. Here, I like the I like the first five games of the season, man. I think we could go four and one, three and two. Um, we come home to uh, Pablo, and I'm guessing Hernandez is going to pitch that Tuesday game. Um, I like the move here of putting Urena th uh, to pitch third because that gives Pablo the home opener. And by all accounts, Pablo is lighting it up. 
Um, no one's touching him. Uh, someone came out and said that he's had the nastiest stuff. Um, so I think we'll I touch, yeah, we'll touch more about that next week's episode on the Baltimore series. But I'm, I love these first five games. I think the Marlins could set the tone for the season with these five games. You're going to come out and punch the NL East in the mouth. Watch. All right, guys, time for the most the Marlins Barbecue world famous uh, segment. This or that. This week's is Marlins versus Braves edition. Next week we'll do a little uh, Marlins and Orioles, and maybe throw in some fun ones there to lighten this up again. This or that. We're gonna go position by position. This is projected positions, guys. We don't have any you know insider information. The Marlins have done a great job keeping on their wraps. And on the brave side, we just we're going with what's online. There's really no way for us to to know more. All right, Alex, who are you going with, Alfaro or Travis Darno? I catch Alfaro. Come on, man, that's a rhetorical question. Yeah, that one was going to be easy. I knew that one was easy. Yeah, I got Alfaro too. That's not even a question. So one point, Marlins. <laughs> um, all right, we're at third base. We got Anderson or Camargo. Andy. That's another easy one. We're not we're not trying to be homers here, guys. We're actually gonna try to do this to see what's up and um and go from there. At short, we got Miguel Rojas or Swanson. I'm going Miggy. I'm gonna go Swanson. I like Miggy. Don't block me on Twitter, hashtag. But I think Swanson's more uh he's gonna be more of a future piece and he's probably already better than Miggy, but I get Miggy as a captain. Um, so I'll go Swanson. So we'll we'll break it up there and go right. to. Me estás matando, bro. Por eso que el tipo nos bloquea en Twitter. No, pica. Isan Diaz or Albies? Albies. Yeah, I agree. Um, Isan could be, next next year we could be changing our tone on that, but for this year, you know, there's no question. All right, Jesus Aguiar or Adam Duvall at first? Aguiar. Yeah, I didn't even know Adam Duvall was still in the league. And he, he could have torn it up last year. I did not notice. And I don't know if that's my bad, but I, I didn't even, when I was looking for who was replacing Freddie Freeman in the opening day roster, I I literally couldn't find it. And then I saw one article that said best option to replace, you know, Freeman, and it was Duvall. So, uh, yeah. Aguiar. Let me change the score here. All right. Right field. Enciarte or hitting Ramirez? Going with Enciarte. Yeah, that one was a toss-up for me, but I'll go Enciarte too. I think he's just the more established player. Next up, center field. This is going to be sad, but VR or Acuna? Oh, damn. That's not even fair, bro. Come on, Acuna. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's top of the game. El abusador. Yeah, he's top three best player in the world, in my opinion. Maybe top five, but he's up there. Left field Dickerson or Ozuna? Oh, man. I got to go with my, where my heart's at, man. When I used to be a season ticket holder, a uh, couple of years back, what, 2016 was the last time I was a season ticket holder. I used to sit in left field, section 30, 
And every time Marcel came to bat, bro, I used to have a little ritual. You can check it out on YouTube on the Talk Baseball page. I would go, here we go, Marcel. And everybody in the section would follow up behind me. Oh, Zuda. Oh, my God, bro. That was my guy, bro. He would always give balls and everything. Fan favorite. It broke my heart a little bit when he left. But I'm happy to see him doing good and doing great things, man. Yeah, I'll go with Ozuna, too. Um, I think Dickerson's going to light it up this year um, if he could stay healthy the whole year and stuff like that. But I think right now I'll go with Dickerson. And with that, we didn't talk about DH because I have no idea who's in the DH for uh, for Braves. Um, but we left Cooper out. Cooper could have been at first. I think he would have beat Duvall anyway. That's why I left him out. I just put Aguiar. Um, Cooper would, if Cooper's in right, would he beat out in Ciarte? Maybe. So potential-wise, yeah. But um, all right, so the final score is you picked four Marlins, four Braves. I picked three Marlins, five Braves. Marlins Twitter, don't at me. <laughs> don't get mad. This um, is what it is, boys. All right, um, Alex, for the final segment here, we're going to talk about our opening day lineups. So let's just go. You say your first batter, I'll say mine, and then I'll say my second. You say your second, and we'll go all the way down. Um, I already saw your lineup. We're pretty much. You know, player for player, we just flip-flopped a, a few stuff. Tell me why you flip-flopped. Tell me why you put people certain spots, and we'll go from there. All right, batting first, I have VR. Who do you got? Miggy Rowe. I got right. Miggy Rowe leading off because he's a guy that, that you know, I don't want to do the, the same lineup that everybody has. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to be a follower. I like to be a leader, man. And in the past, Miggy Rowe has shown that he can bat great leadoff. He's a guy that I feel eventually Donnie's going to put him at the bottom of the lineup because he, he he's a guy that can bat at the bottom of the lineup and do big things. Um, and I feel like it, he's just an impact player. I love how he's just blossomed as a pro. Yeah, I have VR just because I want those steals. Um, we talked about it last week. We don't know how he gets them, but we want those steals. We want the average. We want people on base, especially for the guys coming up. Second, I have Dickerson. Who do you got? I got VR at second. I like VR because he's a switch hitter, and he can give you different looks. You know, uh, Maybe it gets down to the point where it's like, all right, do they want to bring in a lefty? Do I want to bring in a righty? You know, if they bring in the lefty, it, it has to do with my, my number three hitter, which is going to be Corey Dickerson. Right, my number three is Anderson. Um, my deal there is just hey, put the best, put the best hitter you got. Uh, give him the more bats. Give him all that stuff. Put him at three. Um, let him drive in Dickerson and VR. Let those guys run for days. Um, fourth, I got Coop. Um, fourth, I got Andy. Behind you got Andy. Okay, so fourth, I have Coop. Simple reasoning behind it is when he's healthy, he he's he could put together the season that we've all dreamed of from him. Um, I think this is finally the year he stays healthy. I think the DH is going to help him keep him off the field every few days, keep that bat in the lineup. All his injuries have been freak injuries, so I'm not really worried about that. I just want him to be healthy. You know, I want him to be hitting bombs like he did in Milwaukee the whole year, and um, we'll go from there. You have Andy at four? Andy at four. What's your thought behind that? Because a lot of people usually put you know, the big power bats, four or five. What's your thought there? I just feel like Anderson is a guy that he sprays the ball over the field, and at the end of the day, he's going to get that RBI across the board. Yeah, he's got pop potential. He was on pace to go over, way over 20 home runs last year. Uh, I think he might, might, might have finished with like 25. He would have not been hurt. Um, but, yeah, I just love that, that he's a guy that 
can make contact with the ball and with guys on top of him like Villar and Miggy Rowe or Dickerson that's gonna be able to move they're gonna be able to move along the base base path. They're gonna be aggressive. We're gonna be able to score more runs. This is a, a, a Marlins baseball team that doesn't have a guy that's gonna hit 40, 50 home runs. I mean it's not that type of season. And if we need like a solid power guy, which we do, we have that in Aguiar. Aguiar is not a guy that's gonna go and bat for for uh, for for average. He's gonna bat for power. Yeah, three home run shot is great, but uh, Anderson is about batting for average, and at the end of the day, I feel like, yeah, he's our best hitter, and the modern-day baseball they have now is they've been using the best hitter in the two-hole, but I like him here with this this squad, how we have Dickerson. Dickerson projects to be a great middle-of-the-order guy. I like having Dickerson maybe 2-3, so Andy can have that opportunity. He's, he's potentially the best bat that we have in the Marlins lineup, and he's just scraping the, the ceiling. Right, that's good points, good points. Next we have uh, fifth, I have Aguiar. Um, same thing you said, not going to hit for average, but he's a little protection for Coop. Who do you have batting fifth? I got faith on Jorge Alfaro because he's a guy that he just has to make up his mind. Do I want to hit for power or do I want to hit for average? And I think that if he goes for let me just hit for average, the power is going to come by itself. Like He has power, the power he's demonstrated, he goes opposite way a lot, and he's not afraid to pull one either. Um, but I feel like Anderson, uh, I'm sorry, not Anderson, Alfaro is going to have things click. I mean, he, he works the strike zone. He knows what the strike zone's like. It's only a matter of time before it finally hits, uh, in the past guys like Yadi or Molina. People love Yadi in St. Louis. They think that Yadi is the best out of all the, the Molinas, hands down. But when he was a rookie and he was coming up, Yadi wasn't the best guy with the bat. He was a liability. If you look at his career, he started learning the zone. and You take advantage of that. Guys, catchers that take advantage of that and become offensive threats. Jorge Posada is another guy that you can, you know what I'm saying? You can pick his brain. Jorge Posada was a great offensive threat. Now you got him there at the Marlins front office, dude. You know what I'm saying? The Marlins, how they have all this set up is beautiful. They're onto something. Right. Yeah, I like it. Um, that that actually were, those same points that were led me to my number six batter, which is um, Ramirez. The reason I put him at six, I know some people might have him a little lower, is I like him at six. So I like your six batter to be that kind of like the hey, let's reset kind of guy, the spark plug. You know, let's get this going again. Our big bats came through. Let's let's start over. So I have Ramirez, Afaro, and Diaz as my six, seven, eight, and then Rojas is my nine. Who are your six and seven, and why? Six, seven, eight. I have first base Aguiar. I have right fielder Ramirez and Easton at the bottom. I have it in that order because once Alfaro uh, is done, you got Aguiar that if nobody's on base, he hits a solo shot, gravy. It's all gravy in the Navy. You know what I mean? Ramirez, you can reset. He's a guy that's going to spray the ball a little bit. Um, He hits for all fields. Uh, yeah, you can hit him higher, but I have no problem because he's a pro as well, and you know he can handle that seven hole with no problem. Isan, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be protected. It's gonna be interesting this year because normally the eight hitter has the the hardest position to hit because right behind them, you know, you got the pitcher, and you know they're just gonna throw you junk. They're trying to get to the pitcher, and and if you chase it, it's on you. So 
if you got the patience and you can earn a lot, great. But this year, implementing the DH, I, I think it's it's a whole different ball game. It's going to be a lot more offense, and I think that's the idea of the whole game, right? So score runs. Yeah, and I'm a big I'm a big uh, supporter of the do not put a rookie to bat eighth in the National League. Um, I hate that the Marlins have tended to do this, especially with Brinson. I know he struggled, but putting him eight and putting the pitcher right behind him does no service for him. He's going to get junk. He's going to get the most garbage. You know, they're, they're going to pitch around him. There's no need. Even with runners on base, what are they going to do? Pitch around them. Nobody on base, what are they going to do? They're either going to attack him or, I mean, I just don't like it because it puts the hitter in a situation where now they're not only thinking of a regular at-bat, they're thinking of, hey, the pitcher's behind me, so I have to hit that double. You know, hey, I got to get that guy in from second with two outs or one out because the pitcher's behind me. It's a mental – I was going to say a bad word there, but it was. it's a mental uh, – it affects mentally, you know, the whole at-bat. Um, I actually like the, no, uh, the DH. I do like it. So that's why hitting ninth, I have Rojas who to me is the ideal guy to put in the eight, nine hole. He's always succeeded there. And that's where I have him. Keep him where it works. Don't change if it ain't broken. Feel you. I like, I like, uh, since I know you, you didn't think about the DH, but Hey, just give me a name out there. You can throw a DH for me. Uh, for us. Yeah. Just for, for the, to finish your lineup. There's no, you, you can't have eight batters. You got to have nine batters. Well, this no, I, have nine, I have nine. I said nine. I got uh I got birdie at DH. Starting opening day? At the uh after this whole lineup that we're talking about right now, I said Miggy Rowe, Villar, Dickerson, Anderson, Alfaro, Aguiar, Ramirez, Isan. Birdie. Right, yeah, birdie. I like I like Birdie just because it adds that speed, man. Think about Birdie, Miggy Rowe, Villar, Isan. All on the base pass. Here comes Dickerson. Here comes Andy. Mad runs are gonna score. A double bases clearing double. You know what I mean? It's, it's gonna be right, beautiful. Birdie, Lots of runs. And Birdie did deserve the playing time. He came out of nowhere. I've never even heard of him, and he lit it up. So Birdie ball. Play. Yeah. He and he's the most. He's aggressive. You know, he's a he's fun. He's the type of guy that when he's in the lineup, you don't mind because you know he's gonna give it all. So I agree. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't mind like not necessarily. We don't necessarily have to put a power guy in that position. I feel like that DH position is going to be great to help rotate guys, give a day off here and there, you know. Yeah. And w- once again, like I said earlier, we got guys that can play multiple positions in Villar and Birdie, Mickey Rowe, you know. So that's a plus. Yes, sir. And with that, guys, we're gonna let's just say the open, let's say our lineup, the run through, so everybody could hear it all together instead of broken up. Mine was Villar, Dickerson, Anderson, Cooper, Aguiar, Ramirez, Afaro, Diaz, and Rojas. Alex, what was yours? Miggy Rowe, Villar, Dickerson, Anderson, Afaro, Aguilar, Ramirez, Isan, and Birdie. Who had the better lineup? Hit us up on Twitter. We'll put up a post. Well, uh, you guys you know can what? tell let's us make about it. Make it a Twitter. Make it a Twitter poll. Get on that. Let's do it. Got you. I'm going to put it on the poll now. Twitter Twitter. Um, Congrats to Marlins for Life, at Marlins for Life, for winning last week's uh, giveaway. He already received his beer from Biscayne Brewery, the little Marlins lager. We have a little – we're working on a new giveaway. We're just going to – we're finalizing things, but let's just say it's a good one. It's probably the the best one we're going to do. and we're excited for it. We're just waiting for it. Hopefully by next week we could uh, do another giveaway. And guys, please don't forget 
to rate and leave a review on the show. That's how we know what you guys want to see. Tell us what you want to hear. Um, give us those five stars. Throw in a question if you want. We'll try to answer it. We're here for you guys. Um, this is powered by Fish Stripes. Alex, tell us where we can find you, brother. Yeah, you guys can find me on TikTok at Talk Baseball, on Twitter and Instagram at The Real Acon. Shout out to all the people on social media listening to Marlins Barbecue, uh, UNLV Braves Fins, at Andrew Fort Lauderdale, at David Castano, at Dave, uh, De- Devin Wade Bassmaster 4, at Vincent BR, that wrote to us all the way from freaking Spain, uh, at David Fernandez, at Jonathan Fernelli. Thank you guys for participating. All these guys, it was amazing. The the quick responses and and bro, the the winner was literally a couple minutes like away from the second place guy. So thank you so much for listening, for participating. Thank you for your feedback. I know my guy, uh, Marlins for life. Sean was happy as hell. Like you can see the grin through his mask when I showed up with the six and I gave him the Marlins lager. He never tried it. Uh, well, we look to bring him on the show in a future episode, and he can tell us his experience as a Marlins fan. And anyway, guys, most importantly, check out all our information on Marlins baseball on fishstripes.com. Exciting content on fishstripes.com, on YouTube, Instagram, social media, all across the platforms, podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your stuff at. Red, what you got? Guys, find me at red underscore Garcia, just like that, red underscore Garcia. And guys, real quick, a huge shout out to Marlins UK. Those guys are doing great work on their podcast. Check them out. They're from overseas. And they, I mean, I don't know how you become a Marlins fan over there, but check them out. Well played, mate. Well played, mate. Well played. (laughs) Well quick, mate. Before we go, final Um, score. 6-3 Marlins. Yo, I like it. I like it. I was going to say 4-3 Marlins. Let's do it, baby. Fish win. All right, guys. Be safe. Wear your mask. Cue the music, Eli. No te preocupes que están